0: I want you to love what you do. And so today's episode is focusing on why you might be in a place where you don't love what you do and what you should do next. I invited Dr. Helena Fosu to join me today on the show, and we're going to dig into that really rich subject of figuring out what you love and then how to make more of that be part of what you do in your business. So let's jump into today's episode of The Biz Podcast. Welcome to the Biz Podcast, where we're going to talk about running a business you love while still having the life you want. I'm Lara Wellman, and together we're going to talk about dreams, goals, and strategies, but even more importantly, mindset, boundaries, breaking the rules, and getting out of your own way. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today,
1: Helen. Thank you for having me. This has been a long time coming because we've been interacting digitally and on some occasions in person for years, but never had this chance. So thank you.
0: Oh, well, I'm really glad you were able to join me. And I invited you on the podcast because I talk to so many different people, whether they're still in their careers, whether they're in business, and they often are struggling to really figure out how to love their work. And it's a really big deal to me that people find things that they actually enjoy to do and believe that they can make a living doing it. And I, and I thought, you know, who could help people start figuring that stuff out, Helen?
1: That's the million dollar question. You're right. And it applies whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're an employee or somewhere in between.
0: Yeah, so what do you see? Do you find that a lot of people, regardless of where they're at, struggle to even figure out what it is that they want to do, what they like to do. They know that they're not really loving where they're at, but like, how do they figure out what that would be to change it?
1: It's a great question. And I'd say that of the employees who I interact with, a lot of them are very good at getting jobs, but they're just getting the wrong jobs. So they don't like them. So yes, they may be earning good money, but every day feels like a chore. Every day feels exhausting because they're not doing something that they're well suited to do they may be good at it but not not love it I'm good at cutting my grass but I don't want to do that every day all day
0: (laughs) oh yes I talk about that with my clients all the time just because you're good at a thing doesn't mean you have to do a thing I'm actually really good at writing and I used to get writing contracts all the time and it's hard to be like nope I don't want that money you're giving me but I hated the work
1: or you may like the work. I mean, I like writing, but I can't charge enough money to be a writer. Well, maybe I could if I found an agent, but that's a whole other question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And, and it depends on the kind of writing, right? So you're like, oh, I love writing. But then you end up writing about things you don't like because that's the job they give you. And so it's right. actually figuring out what do you want to do and not just sort of accidentally falling into
1: Thanks. Yeah, and so for me, of course, my background is in work and business psychology, officially it's known as industrial and organizational psychology, but that is such a big mouthful, hence the I.O. abbreviation.
0: Right. I forgot to ask you what it is, and who, I got so excited about chatting with you that I forgot my intro of having you tell everybody who you are and what you do. So let's just do that right there, because I jumped right in.
1: All right. So I'm Helen Ofosu, and um, I have been working in my general area since 99, so I'm dating myself a little, but that's okay. I remember a couple summers ago, an older lawyer said, the grayer he gets, the more money he charges, so I keep that in the back of my mind. There you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've been in my field for, for quite a while. And some of my work is on the HR side, but not really transactional. So, when I talk about HR, I'm talking about mostly higher stakes hiring. And that could mean for a small business where every single person who you add to your team can be quite impactful and can change the dynamic, change your profitability, all of that could include um, hiring in the public sector and uh, in nonprofits. So, different from a recruiter, because my value proposition isn't that I have a huge pool of people to draw from, but rather, I help employers vet they're their people and make sure that they're going to be able to deliver when they're hired, not just say the right thing during an interview, but can actually deliver so Some work on that front for sure, um, because of my lived experience and what I understand about being in the workplace, I also offer some support when it comes to issues related to diversity, inclusion. And of course, now the anti-racism work is uh, getting a lot more attention. Mm -hmm. So that's part of my practice. But the other part is working with individuals who want to just enjoy their careers more, earn more money. So that's where the career coaching piece comes in. And for the people who are more interested in becoming better leaders or aspiring to leadership, I do some leadership assessments and executive coaching. So that's uh, that's the package, so to speak.
0: Right. And so you get to have a lot of conversations with people who are trying to figure out who they are, what they can be. and And do you encounter, I mean, I imagine you, that people come to you because they're like, I don't really know what to do to make things better. And you're there to help them figure out that how to do it and that's what I wanted to sort of chat a bit about is the fact that that is actually a thing you could do is figure out what it is that you love to do and then figure out how to implement it into your life and business.
1: That's it exactly and I know that uh, you and I have spoken a little bit about boundaries and mindset so those are definitely relevant themes when it comes to figuring out what to do next. Um, Because my background is psychology I have access to some pretty sophisticated but not too time-consuming psychometric tests. And so when somebody is quite determined to make sure that the next time they make a move, they, they make a move that's suitable and it's a real calculated risk, they'll do some of those assessments as well. And in fact, one of them is terrific because it even digs deep enough to look at values. Mm. So getting some Independent uh, information about the kinds of values that drive your motivation, drive your behavior is also helpful when trying to get a fresh perspective on what other opportunities may exist for you using your same basic skill set and experience.
0: I love that. I think that the, the idea of just making sure that you're fair on your values within your business is a thing that I talk about as well. And just what do you want to do? And maybe this is a thing that we can quickly talk about is, do you find that people have a disconnect between their values, what they would love to do, and what they think they can actually make money doing?
1: Sometimes it's a disconnect kind of by default. So, you know, a lot of us are really busy. We may be raising kids. We may have all kinds of other things that go along with that. We may have husbands or wives, and we're just busy. So what we We may just end up on automatic pilot doing jobs that pay the bills but are not jobs that we find interesting. Or if we're entrepreneurs or we own small businesses, maybe we started doing things one particular way. And as your business grows or as your income develops, as things evolve, you haven't really made certain changes to keep pace with that. So the things that served you well at the beginning may not serve you as well five years later, 10 years later, but without taking a minute to sort of reflect on what's working, what you might be good at, what you could outsource, you know, who you could add to your team so that they can do things that they're gifted at and you can do less of those things. It's easy to sort of overlook that when you get into a routine of just doing the same thing all the time, whether or not it's it's serving you or anyone else well.
0: I have an analogy I share a lot with people about how I feel like a lot of the business owners i talk talked to got in a car, they got mm-hmm. on the highway and they put their foot on the gas all the way down. And then when I ask them if they know where they're going, they're like, I cannot stop to figure out where I'm going because I'm going too fast. And that's like this, this idea that, that, you know what, I know you're going to lose a little bit of time. Maybe if you pull over and figure it out. But like right now, you're like on a crash course for you don't know where. And it's scary to stop and figure it out. But that's often what you need to do.
1: And it doesn't have to be scary to stop and figure it out. Because if you get, you know, some independent uh, support from somebody who's got your best interest at stake, and they know what they're doing, it should save you a lot of time, it should save you a lot of money, and help you earn more money. I mean that's what that's what's that's what good people do. Obviously you've you've been in the coaching industry for a while and you've been successful, so you're obviously one of the better ones and you recognize that in most industries it's hard to get good without getting any support. Right? If we have all these top athletes, whether it's Serena Williams or LeBron James, they all have great coaching. They have support around them. And so you know, for us, our sport is, our, is our, either our job or our business. So it makes sense to get good advice when you need it so that things stay on track.
0: Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? In sport, it's been accepted that you need a coach. And, and in a lot of other industries and just life in general, I believe that we've all been taught that it's more impressive if you didn't need any help to do a thing. And so people are constantly like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't need help. I can do it.
1: Well, you can't, maybe you can, but maybe you shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And not everything is uh, amenable to a Google search or a YouTube video. Some things are just a lot more nuanced and deserve a different level of attention.
0: So where do you see people get stuck the most? What is it that you think that they get stuck on in terms of thinking this can get better?
1: Well, I talk a lot about the golden handcuffs. And so that's a situation whether, where, where somebody is earning good money and they think that that alone is enough to keep them in the role they're in. So maybe they're being bullied or harassed or they're dealing with uh, systemic discrimination, but because they're getting paid, they think that the money is enough to offset all the rest of it. But in my experience, when you're in the wrong role, it grinds you down in ways that are really very detrimental. And when you're not able to be yourself, when you're not able to perform, when you're not able to use the skills and abilities that you actually have, and other things are kind of weighting you down, the toll it takes on your mental health and on your energy level, on your creativity, your productivity, it's terrible. It hurts your self-confidence as well. But I do think that that uh, automatic pilot and just getting too comfortable with these golden handcuffs is a big problem.
0: And so once somebody says, "Okay, fine, I'm going to try to figure out what could be different. Is it as hard as they think it's going to be?
1: Usually not. But bear in mind, I'm usually only talking to people once they've decided they just can't take it anymore. Right. Right. Things have usually escalated to the point where now they're on a short-term disability leave from a burnout or from chronic depression or anxiety that's hurting them at work. So they've been able to hit pause and take some time off and they realize, oh my God, I can't go back.
0: Which is a good point there too, because this is what I, I'm sure you also want people to know is stop waiting until you're in like, You had the car crash in my, uh, you know, on the highway. You waited until you crashed the car and now you're like, whoops, I guess this was a bad idea. Like, just let's pull over and figure it out.
1: And I I think one of the silver linings that we have right now is that with so many people getting a chance to work from home during COVID-19, when they feel dread about going back into the office and back into that work environment. That right there may be a good signal to reflect a little and try to think about, gee, can I do something differently if I go back? Maybe re-navigate your boundaries differently. Maybe try to assert yourself so that you can take on better or different work. Or maybe make a bigger change.
0: Yeah, I have a client who has realized during COVID-19 that they are going to really prioritize making dinner every day instead of, right? Like, they're just like, you know what? I I really love it. And I'm going to make the time for it, even if it means, you know, a little bit less income in a day.
1: Or if you're like me and you've got a teenage boy at home who's got plenty of time because the summer camp has ended, he can make dinner sometimes. (laughs)
0: That too, that too. My kids have been making food lately and I'm all over that. <laughs> so yeah, so figuring out what it is because it's not, and you and I, before we hit record, I was talking to you about how a lot of my work is about helping people make more money while working less. It's what is gonna work, right? The, the best way isn't always the hardest way, the hustle way, the push harder, do more way. Let's figure out how we can do more of what you love and take more time for yourself so that you actually have the energy and the like that you actually still care because you're not burnt out and put Mm -hmm. that into your work.
1: Well, I mean, there has to be a willingness and an openness to reevaluate for sure. And I think one thing that's easy to overlook is that when somebody's been in the wrong role for too long, they aren't at their best. Mm-hmm. I like to use the analogy of a plane taking off into the wind. It's hard. You're, you've got a lot of resistance. But once you're up, it's easier. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes my big role is just providing some support to offset all the initial resistance that somebody's facing when they're trying to implement a change, right? Because if somebody's been dealing with Uh, sexual harassment or other kinds of harassment it's so exhausting hurts their self-confidence it uh, may be impacting their sleep all kinds of things so in any case they're just not at their best and it's hard to make those changes unassisted
0: I'm like you're they're bringing extra engines onto their plane you're the extra engine that's it I like it So what do you think for those who are listening who are like, you know what, I don't like hate everything about my work or my business, but like, I don't even know how to make it better. Like, are there some things that you would suggest that they start thinking about?
1: Well, I think one good clue is what things do you do that energize you, that engage you, that don't feel draining? And if you can focus more of your attention on those things, that's great. And if you can find ways to find um, either outsourcing or hiring people to help you with the things that do drain you, that you're not good at, that you don't like doing, that's a good start. But really, I suspect that some of those uh business related decisions are more your category. Surely <laughs> you have uh, you know systems that people can use to offset uh problems with planning and organizing you know, systems for generating new leads, uh, systems for marketing and outreach.
0: Yeah, and that is, it's absolutely the kind of thing that I do with people, but we get stuck with some people on like, I don't even know, right? Which is why it's like, yeah, that's the, the I can give them the ideas, but like the the whole psychology of it that goes even deeper. Do you see that? Do you see people who fight even thinking that they want to like things? Like they're like- it's fine attitude.
1: Well, I think the fine attitude, it's, uh, it's, it's like just assuming that the status quo is all that's possible. Mm-hmm. But not recognizing that there may be other ways that are better and more sustainable. And sometimes it's just scary to contemplate doing something different.
0: Again, I think the, the belief that we've been taught is work is meant to be hard. And so you're not really supposed to love it. And the, the other side of that that I see are when people say, I love what I do so much, I would do it for free, which is also problematic because now you're not putting any value on it because you'd like it.
1: Well, that's it. Because if you don't charge enough, you can't keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And the financial stress and pressure are going to take over at some point. Although you know, I think, and here again, where I'm kind of tying in what's happening globally and socially. I think that uh, sometimes, depending on what someone's doing, maybe social entrepreneurship is a smart place to be. Mm-hmm. If they're doing something that's values-driven and it it's supporting a, a greater good, a greater good, maybe they can structure things so it's still for profit, but framed in that social context.
0: Well, and that comes back to something you said earlier, which I really struck me, is just being really clear on your values and what it is that is not only what you like, but is meaningful to you. So and figuring just that out it. is a pretty exciting thing, probably.
1: It is a neat thing, because it creates new opportunities, like a way to hit reset in a way that's not um, risky or threatening, right? Because if, if you can implement things in a way that, Honors who you really are and how you're structured. You're playing to your strengths. Yeah. So it's a safer bet.
0: Yeah. I love it. So, as people are thinking about this and everything we've talked about, is there anything you want people to really think about that you want to leave them with when it comes to honoring themselves and creating work as a business owner? Or, you know, I think, like I said, I think this applies to people who are in business and whether or not that means they start to figure out a side hustle or whether or not they figure out within their workplace what it is they can do. What do you want them to think about? What do you want to leave people with?
1: Well, I do think that right now we're in a moment where a lot of things are being reimagined and reevaluated. So if everything else is being reevaluated, it kind of gives us permission to also think, well, what could be better for me? What could be better for my family? And it could be small things. It could be trying to get a different role within the same organization. It could be improving your boundaries. It could be changing your mindset. Or it could be something bigger. But I do think that it makes sense at this moment to really, you know, give yourself permission to imagine what's possible instead of being stuck on what you've always done.
0: If people want to find out more about you and what it is that you do, we will absolutely link to all of that in the show notes. But where can they find you?
1: I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, online, uh, you know, you're going to share my URL. It's ioadvisory.com. I use LinkedIn pretty actively. I have a Facebook page, you know, the regular social channels for sure. And. One thing I haven't mentioned is that I have this blog that I started, gosh, maybe six, seven years ago. And so over time, because I'm pretty steady about creating content, now there's a lot of content. Got over 200 articles, and they are searchable by topic. So whether you're interested in career advice, entrepreneurship, leadership, diversity, there's all kinds of categories you can search under, and there's keywords. And if you don't like reading, guess what? It's an audio blog, so you can listen to it. Nice. So lots of resources on my website. And for people who may just have one or two questions without any obligation, I do do a free 15-minute consultation. So it's, it's pretty easy.
0: Excellent. So yes, we will absolutely link to all of that. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today.
1: It's been fun for me. Thanks.
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to see the show notes, come to my website at thebiz.studio/bizpodcast, podcast. And I will have all the links back to my guests so you can check it out, as well as links to my free Facebook group and other ways that you can find out more about what I do and even book a free consultation with me. I
1: look forward to connecting with you soon.